Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, and welcome to the 87th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host. Joining me for the very first time, we have Xander Bennett. Xander, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while, and so I'm really excited. This is the episode that I don't think I've ever gone back and forth with someone so much of like, you know, like, oh, the state doesn't work. The state doesn't work. But like, no, this needs to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited because we're trying to record around the holidays, trying to do anything between Thanksgiving and Christmas is a nightmare. <laughs> it's definitely not. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so difficult. And speaking of which, uh, that goes into a little bit of housekeeping on my end. Uh, I'm going to be taking the next few weeks off of the podcast just because I honestly have nothing to do with the holidays, really. But it's holiday time. I just want to not do Pokemon stuff for like several weeks. Uh, if you want to go to my Twitter, there's a pinned tweet on there about why. But essentially, I bombed Toronto. I hate Pokemon for a little bit because I can't do anything until Portland in May. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of time off. So that's why last episode we had Alex Cook and uh, Grant Matthew doing it. We're going to have grant host a couple of them in the next coming weeks don't worry we'll get the weird audio thing of only coming out of the left ear <laughs> we'll get that fixed grant is a very brilliant person but not so much with audio don't worry we got that so the next few weeks after this one it's going to be grant hosting with a variety of good guests so be sure to check those ones out but your boy will be back i promise but anyway let's get into why we have this episode going on we had a viewer, listener, I don't know what you actually want to call them, Jose Morales, at me on Twitter and asked, why is content in the Pokemon trading card game so vastly different from Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic? So to the best of my understanding, through DMing Jose a little bit, is that they play these games as well, right? A lot of people play a lot of the games. And it's kind of become like, why is Pokemon paywalling all of this stuff? Why are the article sites so different? Why is there no gigantic thing like Channel Fireball? We used to have Channel Pokemon. It's gone now, right? Channel Fireball's Pokemon thing failed, question mark? I don't know anything about it. I don't know if you know anything about it, Xander. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about articles, but I think uh, almost uh, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen in the article market space including channel pokemon that's anyway yeah we'll get into it let's let's not derail the conversation already but yeah so yeah. it's like why is the pokemon scene so vastly different of you know these other games have these free article sites out there versus now you have multiple that cost quite a bit of money or you have a sub stack like the one that alex shemansky has and i'm not calling him out because he charges for it. i'm calling him out because if you're going to pay for something you should pay for it. His articles are very good, but you know it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's so vastly different. So I've asked Xander here to talk a little bit about the history of content, how we got here, because I, I don't know when I got asked this question, I immediately thought of you and I'll kind of oh, want to get really? into the, that's, yeah, that's great. Considering <laughs> that I've done so little content in the past recent like years, <laughs> I'm glad that I was a person you felt comfortable to reach out to. 
I don't know. Um, I think part of it's because talking to Alex Cook, when he talks about back in the day when he used to write, your name comes up all the time as one of the Poke oh, Beach yeah. writers. And then I know you still do content, which is something that like no one else on there except Mahone does also. So it's like, well, I feel like yeah. Xander knows <laughs> all of the things for this. But uh, anyway. Yeah, can- I've done a little bit of everything at this point. I mean, I've done, uh, I did YouTube videos with Rare Candy. I did some articles for Poke Beach. I did podcasts with Meta Podcast TCG, the first one, which is just kind of funny that that is the <laughs> thing that there's a second one. Uh, did some regional streaming, some League Cup streaming, some Twitch streaming, just all the above. I've done a little bit of everything. I have like commitment issues when it comes to like picking something and sticking to it. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to just like content as a whole, if there's something that relates to like the game of like putting media out there into the world, I've done that. Uh, I think for me, a large part of it was like, I learned how to play Pokemon through content. Like I never read a rule book. I watched every tournament video that I could find on like the top cut and on the bubble, which were like the big uh, YouTube content creators at the time and like tournament streamers Mm -hmm. and just like watched as much as I could. And then like, eventually I started meeting people and was like, what's the interaction between this card and this card. And like, I never read a rule book and that was it. (laughs) So like me getting into content was like, Oh yeah, I've seen people do this and I am good at communicating enough to like, enjoy it and uh i mean i've been doing stuff since i was it's weird to say since i was a kid but i mean since i i started playing pokemon when i was like 14 or 15 and was pretty soon after that writing articles and getting into what whatever there was at the time so you've been playing the game for like a while right like i like how many years if you were to put on of like you know maybe competitive hyper competitive like how long have you been going and just because it's always good to establish that little bit of credibility yeah. what are some of those accomplishments this is this is really funny because a lot of people think that i've been playing for a long time because i have a large like like this all back here is like all the world's gauntlets and mm-hmm. uh, 2017 gauntlet but i always started playing when boundaries cross came out which was november of 2012 uh <laughs> and my most competitive like length of time was probably like for me it would have been like late high school early college so uh, mostly like xy sun and moon era mm-hmm. took a large dip for sword and shield because that's when i was going through student teaching and like was teaching a little bit uh but now that i'm not teaching i have time again <laughs> i'm sure that you understand a little bit of the struggle of that I, yeah, uh, the opposite I've end. Some, <laughs> yeah i've gone to some more regionals this year and uh have like done a little bit well i mean i i'd 7-1-1 Peoria into day two and just like throwing two rounds early on in the tournament. It, was it feels like, so bad. Yeah, I was, uh, I want to get Zach Kreckler and was trying to play around like Kyrim knocking something out and was like, if I attack with Radiant Greninja, he can't knock out a Palkia V-Star on my bench and I'm like, Star Portal. And he's like, you don't have a Palkia V-Star in play. And so that was how my <laughs> round 10 started. That's a terrible way yeah. to start the day of just like, oh, <laughs> pass no right? I, was, I thought it was only bad because i thought i was big braining it so hard because i like <laughs> didn't lose to akiram all the rest of the day i was like this matchup is free and then like i'm like like jimmy neutron like i've got <laughs> this and then like you absolutely just lose <laughs> great it's got yeah, you're like three turns ahead and you're like oh no actually <laughs> i'm nowhere yeah, near yeah. this <laughs> i'm like negative a turn ahead and then <laughs> proceeded to just like not draw cards game two okay but yeah but back to the topic at hand i've I played for a long time and I do miss making content. I wanted to stream more, but like streaming when I work like all day, all the time still. And then I get home. It's like, I don't really want to take time away from like time that me and my wife can be together. Just like sitting in this room. Uh, but <laughs> it's like the draw is always there. I'm always like, what if, man, I totally could do a podcast about this. Like I could, I could be streaming like right now. <laughs> like, 
I'm always team podcast is I, there's never too much competition in that one. Cause there's no competition. So I'm going to say you should, you should do it. I mean, I enjoyed doing it before, but it's just, a, it's literally a matter of time. Like not necessarily like the phrase of like a, if, but a, when it's just like, Oh, it requires time to be had. <laughs> That's fair. Well, thank you for joining us on this one. So we can uh, get to yeah. pick your brain. Oh, a little yeah. bit, right? I, anytime. And if you, if you need guest hosts in the future, just hit me up. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into that topic at hand, though. We got a little derailed there. Uh, the actual no, okay. actual content. So could you kind of walk us through where did this start? You mentioned earlier as a good segue of like, there's a lot of article sites in Pokemon, like a lot yeah. of article sites. How how did we get here? What were some of those steps? So a little bit of this is just my opinion, and you can take that with a grain of salt. Like I'm not the player that's been playing for the longest amount of time, but I feel like between like looking back in history and then playing for a large part of what players consider to be like the modern era of the game, mm-hmm. like are like that's my like that's my self advocation. I think that article sites like generally are, in my opinion, my like third median of content for the Pokemon trading card game, and then also like. I think that that is understood in the community. Like the playing PTCGO on Twitch has never really taken off. Like there's some streamers who have done really well with it, but like PTCGO kind of sucks to look at. <laughs> so therefore it's like nobody really wants to watch streaming and live hasn't helped that either. Um, and then tournament streaming is obviously great, but uh, that's like few and far between. And mm-hmm. as someone who's tried to do grassroots streaming before Pokemon did a lot of it, it's, it's almost near impossible uh, just between like budgeting and time and all that stuff to do it uh, semi-independently without the Pokemon company doing it. Um, as, a, as an aside I that think, I don't want to get derailed on, Limitless doing it, I don't think people realize who haven't been on the production side of things how amazing the Limitless stream is. Like, doing yeah, all there. you guys... It's, we were, like, working crazy hard just to have a stream that, like, could cut to casters when the round ended. <laughs> and, like, stuff like that. Like, Limitless is crushing it. But in terms of articles, I think that it's known that that's like the best way to like get solid TCG content and like be able to hit a variety of bases. It's really easy to like, you can kind of go like before tournaments, like this is what we're looking for. This is what's coming up. Like this is what you need to expect. And then, excuse me, sorry, after tournaments, like tournament reports. I think that both of those have equal merit Mm -hmm. and any like any good player who puts more than just like net decking thought into the game is trying to determine like, what I need to beat and what I could have done better going into and out of a tournament and articles are some of the best way to hear some of the best people in the game uh, reflect on that. For me, like getting into the game, it was six prizes. Like six prizes was like kind of what Puggy Beach is now, just like the super premium, like the best players in the game are writing for this website. You're able to find stuff all the time and they have like really great content pushing out. Um, Now Puggy Beach is kind of like the head of that space, but Throughout, like, all the time that I can remember playing the game, there's just been, like, so many websites, like, pop up and pop down just as, like, trying to keep going. And I don't necessarily think it's, like, a monopoly thing. Like, I don't think that, like, to say that Poke Beach has, like, a monopoly on the current article demographic is a little bit of a lie. Like, when people put stuff on Limitless, like, it gets written. But to also consider, like, it's not like Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. Like, if you have to pay for one streaming service, in the streaming world, there's a lot of competition for a variety of options. But for the small spender of like, I want to get as much information and like much return on investment 
they're going to go to Pokey Beach just because they put up the numbers on the articles and have like a lot of talent behind there. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been people who have been like writing for a long time and those article writers are great. Uh, like I enjoyed my time doing that, but just like as I got out of the game at like a hyper competitive level, I stopped writing just because there wasn't like my I didn't feel like my input was worth it <laughs> in for like that time uh, as like a tournament reporter. Um, but I think that just like I think that's the conversation has to start with articles because like that is if, if you ask like if you did, if you family feuded everyone at regionals, I feel like the majority of anyone who's looking at content like they'll find a YouTube video initially just because that's where you search. And then like once they get into the game and they hear about these article websites or just like spaces that people are writing about stuff, like there's, there's more information coming from twit longers sometimes than <laughs> there is like you like twit streamers occasionally, yeah. like just because of how people are like able to put energy into written thought of the game. And like, not to say that like Twitch streams are bad or anything, but if you want like analysis, you're going to go to an article. If you want enjoyment, you're probably going to go, or like content for the sake of calling it something, you're probably going to go to a like streamer. So you mentioned six prizes at kind of that start. What happened to six prizes? Like where did they go? Like not where did they go? We kind of got where they go. But like, how did we reach that point of like six prizes doesn't exist anymore and it's now pokey beach has taken over like you said i think everyone who's watching this uh, i think that's like mostly just uh like the owners of six prizes like getting out of the game like mm-hmm. you can tell when riders are at their peak and i know that like eric nance has done a ton over there adam Ver- uh, i always mess up his last name i think it's vernola i always flip some of the vowels around but like <laughs> they did amazing incredible work for years and just like as players, we get in and out of the game. Like we have life and families and all that stuff. And that happens to website people too. And like, you got to pay to keep a domain up and all that stuff. Um, I think that Poga Beach, if you're looking into like the business as to why, and not necessarily just the like personal reasons as to why, a lot of people were already going to Poga Beach for TCG News. Mm-hmm. Like that was a website that like, it's like three years, three, four years ago, if you said name a website, to hear about TCG spoilers or news or leaks or something, you they would say Pokey Beach. And so it was really easy for them to jump into the article market because they already have like a following. Like it's not like uh, like Cerebi is a wonderful website that people use like video game stuff. Like they have all the video game information you'd want in the world, but it's not like people are going to there for like articles if they I wouldn't imagine they did if they ever had them because they're not going there for like news they're going there for like data and information or like where do i find an item in a game like yeah that's different than like oh this new card got revealed in japan like three hours ago now i want to hear people talk about it in like two months when that set comes out in english like people are already going there for trading for game stuff so it's that idea of poke beach kind of taking this i don't want to say monopoly because they definitely don't have a monopoly there's a lot of stuff yeah yeah but like they're like well if you're already coming here just keep coming here and pay this extra subscription fee to get these premium articles from I'm trying to think of Graham Manley's the first name I think of as like one of the writers, right? But like dude yeah. top eight of the last two regionals at the time of recording. This is gonna come out after Arlington. I'm sure he made it three in a row after that. But <laughs> but you know if he didn't, I bet it was close. <laughs> I yeah, he's yeah. so good. But anyway, uh, so it's like, oh, you can read from him and he's someone who's his words are out there. Like you said, it's not a vanilla like here's a thing, like there's that in-depth analysis. So you kind of get what you pay for. Um 
Yeah. Was Six Prizes, unlike all the other original article sites, were they always subscription based? Was this like always a thing, or was there ever a site no, that's like here's? And that's the. I mean, that's like something that, like the paywall era of people like complaining about that mm-hmm. came from a point of a lot of article sites being free. Mm-hmm. It came from like the the website that I wrote for the most was Roll of the Dice, which no longer exists. It was Andrew Zavala, uh, but there's been tons of ones that had like Cutter Tap had some free stuff, and they also had some subscription stuff. 60 cards had some free stuff and some subscription stuff. I remember the dark patch for a little bit. I'm sure that I'm missing some because there's just been like a lot of like uh, up and down in like the article space, but Mm -hmm. those are just the ones that I remember like writing for a little bit. So like, that's where uh, I see stuff, but everyone was like all the, all the anger behind stuff being on a paywall is like comes from like, there used to just be free stuff. Like the longest article I wrote, I wrote a 10,000 word article on mega Rayquaza that was completely free. It was the three weekends back, or it was right after I top forward, and then I switched to Groudon for no reason and why I talked about why I was a choice, and then I played it again, and I top 60 forward, yeah. and I would have day two if it was, like, the 19-point thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just, like, that was, like, I was crazy. I was a crazy one writing a 10,000-word article. Other people weren't doing that, but there was a lot of stuff that was just coming out for free that when these when the paywall space entered the trading card game, coming out of like channel fireballs existence in the magic community. Like we can make some revenue off of this. And like 60, six prizes had it before, but this is, this is a Xander opinion. So separate from like content creator, <laughs> like side, I think that like th- for a while, six prizes was so good that there almost a, wasn't someone who could challenge them in the paid premium space and B people knew that if they were paying for it, that they were going to get their return on investment. Uh, that like when Poke Beach came in as the newer article website, people at first were questioning like, is this going to be as legit as you can say our other options? But really, for most people, that meant six prizes. Uh, and and like I think Poke Beach is great. Like I haven't had a subscription for a while, but I also haven't been playing like as much to justify it. But if I was like a top sixteen grinder mm-hmm. or like attempting to like go for an invite. I would probably get it. This isn't a plug. This is no like thing here. I would just do it just to like, you get really trapped in your bubble. I think this is where the article space comes in. Like if you want to ask why people like articles, like it doesn't matter how good your locals are. It's really easy to get trapped in like, okay, you think this deck is the best deck in the format. So you're making metagame choices against this deck. No one likes this deck. So like whatever all those things are, if the only people you talk to are like the three people you travel to regionals with, then you're going to get hosed by something, whether it's like preparing for the wrong deck or not knowing what's going to be in the room. Mm-hmm. Like imagine going to LAIC and you had a bad Lugia. Like, <laughs> you're not going to have a good time. Like you need, like if you're trying to play the game at a level, that's not just like, I'm going to go and like go like five, four. Like if you're trying to do better than that, like you need to be prepared for that. And so like these articles are a way to see like, okay, what are the best in the game thinking of? Or when a deck like Lost Box comes out as like a modern example of like a hyper complicated deck with like lots of decision making that isn't just like put my two Archeops into play, do like 300 damage. It's like people need to understand the decision making of that. But like to get into another space, like we talked about articles a lot, mm-hmm. the, there, some of the best conversations about uh, like the Lost Box stuff were on Twitter. They were on, like just actual Twitter about people just like tweeting. There was, I think it was Azul or Finn. No, it was Finn. Mm-hmm. Finn posted a thread that was just like, it was like one of the pro players that I saw talking about the uh, whether or not you should chorus or yep. flower selecting first. 
And I learned as much as I would have in an article from reading that thread and all the responses than like I ever would have from an article just because of the discussion from it. Like um, it's crazy to me that Twitter is like the social media for Pokemon now, because when I was like growing up in the game, Burbank was the best source of information, like Burbank City and eventually Hayfonte were the places of like, this is where you go to great information. And now Burbank is like a little bit of a joke, sadly, <laughs> but uh, in, ter- in terms of like being a professional space. Yeah. But like when the tournament ended, you didn't go to Limitless. You went to like Burbank and were refreshing and seeing deck lists and stuff posted. Um, and so like Twitter, just like following the players who are doing really well, they like, it doesn't matter how many characters or less it is. You're going to find a lot of good like deck lists and thoughts just from like, we needed to beat X, Y, and Z. We text in this. This is what we were thinking. This is how it worked. And so, like, it's interesting where, like, if you had to ask me now what the premium TCG social media is, I would say it's Twitter. I do want to get into social media in a second. But before we do that, just a simple question about your Mega Ray article. Were you compensated, yeah. like, for that article? And if you were, are you willing to disclose, like, a general, <laughs> like, how long it took to uh, write and... No, I, so I wrote most of that article. Uh, when I flew out to Arizona, I stayed a couple extra days cause I had some friends there that I was hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of it while they were at school cause I was on fall break and they weren't. So I spent like a very large amount of time on that article. It's definitely the thing that I wrote the longest on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I don't remember how much time I spent on that article, but I wrote like a 5,000 word article on cube on like on a vacation recently i don't know why but i was just like <laughs> that's what i wanted to do was like i was sitting there on the beach and usually i read a book but i was like thinking about cube stuff and so i just like wrote that and i easily spent like a handful of hours on it over a couple of days just like here and there because you want it to be like as a writer and like an english major i have a pretty <laughs> high standard for myself and i want it to be like uh efficient but still like eloquent like yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a middle ground um uh, no, I was not compensated for that one, but also we did stuff for free there and we were knowing it. Um, and I, like, I have never been offered like to get paid for any content that I've done, like anything that we talk about. We got a sponsor to help us pay for, uh, the, when we streamed Fort Wayne regionals in 2017, mm-hmm. but we never saw any of that. We saw just like, it just basically passed hands to allow us to stream the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't really ever know the, I've never been part of a paid premium program to know how much they ever make off of that. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's enough to justify doing it. And I bet that the Medify people who are like doing that now, like that's a whole new space that I know nothing about. I bet that like the people who are good enough at that are making a decent amount of money doing it. Uh, like, I don't think Zach Lesage did it through Medify, but I mean, he's done enough that Pokemon essentially like is his career yeah. between like traveling around events, doing YouTube content and uh, coaching. So it's like, it's certainly possible, but uh, just to go back between like, I don't know if this is the way you wanted this question to go. I'm sorry oh. if it wasn't. <laughs> just to think about like the, there's like, there's never going to be like a Pokemon MPL, like the Magic Pro League, like where they did that, like they had people making content for their game, like as their job, we're never going to see that for Pokemon just because of like the community that we have. And like this, like the way that the Pokemon company looks at the players a little bit, which this isn't a negative. It's just like, they don't see this as like their, like they certainly support it, but it's not like they support it enough to justify paying people to like make content for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So like, no, I, I have no idea about revenue for any of that stuff because I never did it paid. But I also knew that and I was a kid and I didn't really care. And like I wrote out of an abundance of like, I just have to say this. <laughs> I got it. And the Mega Ray article, like there are people that came up to me that were like, this is like, this is not a flex. It's just like they would be like, that was the best article I've ever read. Just because like I, I try to write like a mix between like storytelling and useful information. I like I talked about three weekends of regionals back to back, which is you've never done. Yeah. Uh, and that was a thing we had to do was like I went to Phoenix and then the next week I went to Pennsylvania and the next week I went to Indiana. And it's just like that was the only time I ever did that. And I just like wrote it all up in a 10,000 word article. It was like this is the uh, the magnum opus of <laughs> travel, all that stuff. Ooh, that's. I didn't know you were an English man. That makes a lot of sense. But that's I, the three weekends yeah, English, in a row. Is English just like, in theater, why? it checks out. <laughs> kind of does. I was a science major, so my brief stint into article writing this is a quick aside. Again, I was no one ever told me it was the best article they've ever written. <laughs> I would get like, yeah, that, that was okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, like it's legible. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so social media stuff. So you mentioned Verbank. Like you said, Verbank used to be a thing. This is a little before my time. I was in the Hefonte like era, right? Of yeah. like this was a thing, which to the best of my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, the Verbank City Facebook group became a bit of a meme. And so Hefonte kind of sprung off of that of like, this is the competitive one, and Verbank is whatever you want to call. <laughs> All of that is true, except Hefonte existed previously as well there was la fonte which is another group and then hey fonte which like was a combination of hey trainer mm -hmm. and then that group shut down verbank became the main group in like 20 oh man i think it's like 2014 15 ish mm -hmm. and then like a couple years later people were like this has gotten out of hand <laughs> and they like decided to remake hey fonte which for a while they were like kind of the same group like people would post like their deck list in like both and now I think like neither of them are really used, like not necessarily for like lack of trying, but I think a lot of the conversation has just moved to Twitter. Uh, but I think that's mostly just from people getting out of Facebook. I don't think that's from yeah. people getting out of like Verbank and Hey Fonte. Like, I don't think anyone would say like, I went to Pokemon Twitter because Verbank sucked. I think that people just stopped using Facebook. Um, and like the most I see Facebook use amongst like the current Pokemon communities, like Facebook Messenger, just because they're all still Facebook friends. But like a lot of people, like the conversations that are happening where people are like optimizing deck lists and like talking before tournaments, those are now happening on Twitter. And a lot of Verbank like is kind of a meme where it's just like <laughs> newer people trying to get into the game. And like there's obviously the joke where it's like you need to post the sales post in Pokemart. Uh, but like Verbank and Hey Fonte was the premium space for decklist like this is my funny story about like mm -hmm. content and like decklist secrecy like so which so okay this story almost has to be told in reverse because <laughs> we have to think about limitless like limitless is amazing for the game where i i do want to spend a fair portion of this conversation talking about the blessings that limitless has been to the tcg community because i almost think of that as like a content yeah. way but like decklist being published was not a guarantee like ever until like the RK9 era, and then even for a long time, people would like elect to post their deck list somewhere. Like Pokemon didn't start posting deck lists until October of 2015 for like regionals and stuff. And the reason I remember that date, we'll come back around to. <laughs> but like that's the but like it was like you could top eight an event even as late as 2015, which is like really into like 
kind of the current era of the game. Like it was that was expanded on. Like that's still like everything black and white on I consider like current. You can get into like more stages of that like as you go. But mm-hmm. like if black and white on, like if that's expanded that counts. So like if you can put it in your gym leader challenge, that's modern. <laughs> so like so like I like getting decklist my decklist from Peoria was on Limitless before I hit the road, pretty much. Like, I was, like, two hours on the drive. Like, I wasn't even home yet. And I was like, wow, there's my decklist right there, which is, like, astounding to me because there were whole decklists that you just, like, couldn't see. And it's, like, it's not like everyone wanted to see, like, the top 64 to 128 decklist, but, like, if Sander got top 32 and felt like kicking people's butts the next week, there was no guarantee that anyone would have a clue what he was up to mm-hmm. and he could just do it again. Like there was like, if you had a like spicy text or whatever you want to call it, like meant a lot more in an era where like your deck list wasn't going to go up as soon as finals concluded. And so when I made top four with mega Ray as a teenager, that was the only time I ever was secretive about a list like ever, every other deck list to strangers. I would message it to all that stuff. Mega Ray, I was like, Michael Canavis and I have really found something that is very good. And I did a squeaky article, or sorry, a squeaky like winner's inter- or top four interview about it. I shared a lot of the specifics about the list. When you Probably say squeaky, you is this uh, sorry, Team Fish Knuckles? Team Fish Knuckles. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to make Knuckles. sure. I did, no, thank you for uh, checking me on that. I did a Team Fish Knuckles interview, which is still on YouTube. I have a lot <laughs> less hair. Uh, and <laughs> I like d- never gave the deck list out. And that was the first regional that pokemon published decklist for i was like you're kidding me like the one time that i am secretive about deck is the time that they like start posting it on their website i was far more mad as i should have been it's just like a dramatic teenager but in hindsight like that's awesome you want accessibility for the game you want people to be able to like jump in and have Mm. competitive lists without really having to ask questions or like listen to me doing a 30-minute interview and have to piece together that i ran like four or four trainers mail and all that stuff yeah so like that was like just it's amazing like the de- the resources that the game has almost in the way that you think about content that like we got to this point where it's like oh my deck list didn't even need to get posted and like this is coming back around to verbank where it's like you just had to hope like if you wanted to see something you just had to hope that it was going to get posted in that group like we are blessed by like in in my eyes i mm-hmm. think that the blessing of open decklist community uh does grow the game because you're able to see, like, when two really different Arceus lists make, like, if the world, I'm assuming the people who got first and second at Worlds would have probably posted their list. But, like, if ADP makes finals with, like, 10 cards different at Worlds with two different lists, you got to be asking questions if deck lists aren't posted. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, like, crazy stuff like that where it's, like, Facebook for a long time was the space that you saw all of that. I think it's interesting, as you mentioned, too, the the part about you have to hope that they're going to post the deck list. And it's such a different world now with Limitless and RK9 giving deck lists to Limitless. Or I don't know how it works. The the TO gives them the RK9 file. Maybe RK9 doesn't give it to them, but somehow in there, right? It's like suddenly the whole thing is there and it's all good to go. And it was like been like three hours since the tournament ended. Now it's like, yeah. OK, I got top 16 in this tournament. I have to post my deck list with a good picture, but
before it goes up on <laughs> limitless because then they're not yeah. going to care they're going to look at the top eight no one's going to care about my top 16 list right and so it's just like an entirely yeah. different thing of like i got top 32 i can do better next week i'm going to hide this and now it's like i got top 32 i need to get this out there immediately so that people <laughs> can see what i did and appreciate I mean, I it i don't necessarily think that's what people do it for but like i felt very silly posting my top 64 deck list for peoria I did it because I wanted to remember. Like, I wanted it in, like, the face. No, the clout. It's got to be the clout. But it's, I mean, sure, yeah. I'll take my, like, 15 likes and the fact <laughs> that I only ran one battle VIP pass. I was one of, like, three people day two who didn't run four battle VIP pass, which I guess is novel. But, it's, like, <laughs> it's just, it's so, like, amazing that, like, Limitless has, like, like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump this conversation slightly in a different direction to talk sure. about, like, the Clay Ollie X thing. Uh, <laughs> like, this is, like, a amazing old story there's a couple different videos about the old clay dolly x host that hoax that you can watch on uh youtube but before there was ever really articles there were forums for the trading card game like it's just like reddit like it's just like people would like go on to like i think that was hey trainer and talk about stuff and for what i believe was 2007 nationals yeah 2007 nationals people were like you want to talk about meta manipulation? This is meta manipulation. <laughs> they were talking about this busted Claydol EX deck, which I don't remember everything that it does, and you don't need to know it for the story. <laughs> but on forums, like just basically, like you could make a fake account, anonymous forums. They were all like, "Guys, we broke it with Claydol EX." Like, and then the deck was terrible. But they got like not like enough people for them just to breathe through the turn of it, but like. That was a thing that was going on in the online space. It was just like, you could just like almost make it up. <laughs> and like, that was like, just go watch the video. There's some great videos that are on YouTube that there's like a great laugh about the situation. Um, it's it's just so ridiculous. This idea of like, yo, this deck yeah. is broken and you get enough. Like you said, fake account. So yeah. I, I hate that you've now reminded me that we're both old enough that we have to tell people what a forum was. Because that was like what I spent a significant amount of my teenage years on, you know, mostly sports, honestly. I did not into Pokemon yeah. as a team, but this is in sports for it, right? The, the whole idea of like, oh, that is completely dead. But anyway, you could go yeah. on and you have all these different like, yo, this thing is broken, blah, blah, blah. And it really does <laughs> convince people or it did convince yeah. people back before. Now you do that on Twitter and people are going to be like, yo, this is a meme, right? Like the spiral yeah. energy right now. <laughs> Don't play it. In oh, yeah. There's no way I'm going to eat my words. This is yeah. recording before Arlington. <laughs> no one with spiral energy in their Lugia list is going to do like particularly well. That is a, that is a meme. It can't be good. <laughs> I, it took me like five minutes to even figure out why it could have been good. That's how not good it was. I was like, what's this? Like, what's the setup here? Like, what are they doing? And like Jake Gearhart can post all the corner color pixels that he wants about stuff and like just don't even like let him do his thing and just laugh and enjoy it when he's right. <laughs> like don't, don't read into it too hard. But this is like, yeah, the, the clay doll thing is next level, like actual meta manipulation, not the stuff that you comment on a Celio's network video. Like, yeah. yo, you meta manipulate. Like, no, Celio's actually thought Vikavolt was good. You're, we're allowed to be wrong yeah. as content creators. Like it's different. Which I'm going to, I'm just going to throw one out there, like about meta, meta manipulation and article writers. Like mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people have been like accused of before. It doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> article writers are like just just that's the that's the essay. It doesn't exist. Article writers are like part of them, especially from the paid websites, getting like paid is to work on articles. Like if everyone thinks that Lostbox is like 
Like if the community consensus is that Lost Box is a bad play for an event, it's an established deck. People are still going to try to make it work. And so when an article writer puts out an article for, I'm just picking Lost Box. That's just well, the one I said. But like if yeah. they put out an article for Lost Box, that's not, excuse me, that's not meta manipulation for them saying that this is the best deck in the format or meta manipulation for them saying you should play it. Like if they say those things in the article, like you can, I mean, you can call it a little sleazy, but I don't think that that's meta manipulation in any way. Mm. And I don't think that, I've never seen anyone do that. But if there's an established deck going into a tournament, people are going to talk about it, whether it's good or bad. And like, like Reggie's for a long time, like Reggie's has constantly been like back and forth between like, this is a joke. And then like some of the best players busted out at an event, but that's not, it's also not meta manipulation if they don't talk about it. Like mm -hmm. they, it's like, if they are writing articles about Palkia and like Mew and all that stuff, that's not meta manipulation for them saying that you should play that either. It's not them trying to put you on the deck that they're ready to be. Like mm -hmm. there are decks in the game that players want to know about. And as a content creator, if you want to get views, if you want to get like your likes, your subscribes, or if you want to get people reading your articles, you're going to talk about it. Like, it's just, it's not manipulation to acknowledge that there are plenty of decks in the space while you know, like separate from that, that some of them are good and some of them are bad. Like, because that is all subjective. Like the, the thing of meta manipulation is that they can only be meta manipulating in hypotheticals until the tournament comes up. Like <laughs> if like if the people that played Palkia at LAIC did really bad because Lugia was really good. Mm -hmm. But does that mean that Palkia is a bad deck? Inherently no. Like it was the best deck going into that format up until Lugia came out. It just didn't help that a tier zero came out and was like smashing it. But it, it doesn't mean that anyone talking about that stuff that didn't like tier one or tier two is a meta manipulator because it exists. Like you have to know what, like if a person's playing Lugia and they don't have a plan to beat Palkia, they can still lose to it, but that's not meta manipulation. Like you as a player need to know what's going to be in the room. So if they're talking about decks that are good or bad, they're not trying to force you one way or another. And I think that you're just lying to yourself if you say it, like, oh, Tord streamed Urshifu for a week and then said it was bad in like one clip when he lost the game because he prized something and then like does really well with Urshifu. Like first off, he's toured. Like he can do whatever <laughs> he wants at this point. And then second off, like you just, you have to understand the context of the game that you are playing. Like mm -hmm. the reason that Grant Manley is winning tournaments is not because he's writing articles about decks that his deck has a good matchup against. I promise you. Like it's not that he's influencing people. It's that he is just better. And, and if you want to say that you lost due to meta manipulation, like that's, that's your fault. Like you picked <laughs> the deck still, like you chose to register those cards. Whoever's writing those articles is not saying like, Hey, this is what you must register. Like they're not paying your $60 and sending in your deck list. <laughs> There's also too, sometimes people would say this stuff of like, Oh, you know, I asked you a question of like, you ask Azul on stream, right? Would you tech for Reggie this weekend? No. That question could be what triggers Azul to play Reggie's because like, wait, I wouldn't tech for Reggie's. Why would you tech for Reggie's? No one's going to tech for Reggie's. Reggie's a broken play, right? So it's like there's also this idea of like, yeah. if you give a list and you're like, my Lugia list isn't tech for Reggie's because Reggie sucks. And then you kind of sit on it and you're like a week later, like, wait, Reggie's is a good play because I yeah. would never tech for Reggie's because Reggie's is a bad, you know. So sometimes that stuff happens, too, because we're all people. <laughs> 
But I'm also going to add to that, like, when I played Sylveon for a long time, I would never tell anyone to put Oranguru in their deck. Yeah. Because of, like, the thousands of Sylveon that are going to be in the brood. Like, that, that just doesn't exist. Like, I would say if you think that a really large portion of the room for a control deck is going to be on a control deck, mm -hmm. then maybe play it. But if out of a thousand people, if you're worried about the me person you're talking to, like you're over analyze, like you have nine opponents. I think that's one thing that people miss is just like tournament logic. Like you face nine people and day two, you face five or six. Like <laughs> it's not like you have to, like I would, if I know that I'm playing Sylveon and I, you would have asked me like, should I play a Ranguru? Every time I would tell you no. And it's not because I want a better matchup against you. It's because you're going to go up against nine opponents. And what percent of them is that going to be useful against? Like, if Azul says, don't text for Reggie, knowing that him and his five friends are going to play it, but that 90% of the people in the room aren't going to face Reggie's for nine rounds straight, he's not a liar. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's just how the tournament gets broken down. Like, even if he knew that he was going to play Reggie's, this is just, we're just picking Azul, because he's really good. Yeah. And played Reggie's. Like, he's just a... And he's so public, but, like, too, right? Like... Yeah. And but like if someone asked him like would you tech for Reggie this weekend and he had Reggie sleeved up and ready to go and he says no he's not a liar because the consensus is that it is bad, like. <laughs> I think there's also the idea. Okay, there's, to, there's the diatribe. <laughs> since we're on teching too, uh, this is a quick story that I think everyone kind of has this idea of too of like you tech for like you said what you're going to face not what someone is playing. Going into Salt Lake City Regionals, you know, the first tournament, not the last one, but the first one back from COVID, I played Arc Intel with no Dunsparce. Okay, I'm going to lose yeah. to fighting. Who freaking cares? Like, at that point, no one's playing fighting. Round one, what do I hit? Rapid Strike Urshifu. That deck is dead. Nice. It has no business being in this format. I lost round one because I didn't play Dunsparce. Would I go back and play Dunsparce? Uh, probably no. not because I then yeah. proceeded to, <laughs> you know, do incredibly well against all the non-fighting decks that normal people are playing so it's that, that same idea that's good teching advice for everyone don't tech for that one random thing that you might hit unless you like unless you really think it's going to be a part of the room but then it should yeah. have just been in your conversation to begin with yeah like, that, that, it's not random it, anymore right yeah <laughs> it's just a good deck so oh yeah there's i don't know where that had a place in the conversation but i guess it needed to happen because like it's it's frustrating where people think that like the people who are doing well at tournaments aren't winning because they are they are winning because they're better than me. Sorry, not trying to hurt your feelings. They're better than me too. Like it just is what it is. Like, <laughs> are you ready for the segue? Yeah, do Speaking it. Speaking of meta manipulation, was this something that other top YouTubers such as Puka were originally also accused of? Oh, interesting. Uh, not that I ever remember. That's a great. Oh wait, like, really? I was thought, like, I thought that was going to be a yes. <laughs> No, I don't ever remember that. I think that's the kind of thing from the article space. Like, I think it's a, it's like, it's a, it's a buzzword. Like, I think that it's like, like gaslighting now. Like, I think it's, it's a thing that people say. Like, I think that I don't ever remember meta manipulation being a thing until like, it, it actually came from almost from a place of positivity mm -hmm. with like the paywall stuff that you, that we are kind of talked about earlier, because it's like gatekeeping supposedly better information or like deck list to people who are willing to pay and like in a way that supposedly was meta manipulation because then you're uh, ostracizing part of the community that doesn't want to pay for premium articles uh and then it became kind of like it, like it still was a negative thing then but it was negative towards like the paid space now it's negative towards like toward post the deck that he had fun with on twitter and everyone's like okay how do i beat 
like this random radiant Charizard list that he came up with, which was like way far off from the one that did well, but it was mm-hmm. also like two formats earlier. It's like, you just don't need to be like, you, you have to be able to determine what is like content and what is like, I'm going to play this in the event. <laughs> so off of the Puka stuff too, I want to go back to that one. Cause you did, you did oh, yeah, say sorry. you watched like top cut and stuff like that. I would love to. Yeah. Oh, how much and did you, Oh god, I love. I did got into this because of Jay Wits. I watched Jay Wits non TCG yep. videos. <laughs> it got me into his like three, four year old TCG videos, and I was like, "Oh, oh that awesome. that game looks fun. Let's get into it." But anyway, yeah. How much did like those two massive names, right? Like, if you've never heard of Puka, it's because he now works for TPCI, and uh, you owe a lot to him as a everything in this game. It feels like, but yeah. How much did they shape video content? Specifically YouTube, I guess. I, they they were video content. Like there weren't Pokemon tournaments were not consistently streamed by Pokemon until if I can remember correctly, like twenty eighteen. Like there were still grassroots regionals being streamed by like Critical Hit and Battle Factory, and then we as Meta Podcast did one. Mm-hmm. Like in the twenty sixteen, seventeen season. Like I don't think it was anything after that. But like to like to get live tabletop content for the game especially as pdcgo was growing and it wasn't like what it is now was like really uh important to like building like 2012 nationals and like a bunch of worlds were streamed by just like people that wanted to do it like the top cut you can watch like really funny old interviews with danny altavia who looks like (laughs) he's so much older than what he is now it's just like with like like that nationals was streamed by people who wanted to do the content like it wasn't like like the, the stuff that we see on NAIC and, or just, I guess all the ICs and worlds we're blessed with now that Pokemon has like a vested interest in trying to create that sense of history for the community. But uh, like worlds of 2011 was streamed by GameSpot. Like they have nothing to do with the article space for, or like any really like other than news for Pokemon stuff. So like, the top cut, even when they're streaming like city championships and putting stuff like that in states, which is like relic of the past cities and states onto YouTube were like, if you wanted to see how matchups played out, like articles could only get you so far mm-hmm. because articles, you can say like, Oh, this is what you should do in this matchup. But like, what happens when you prize something? What happens when you whiff a card off of a professor Juniper? Cause that's what it was back then. Like what, ha- like how does this play out in a tournament? setting like hypotheticals only get you so far and the analysis that they put into like their videos and analysis and tournament stuff was like maybe i'm biased because that's how i learned but i know that i'm not the only person i've talked to that has that like shared experience of i got into the game because of the experts of kyle sukovich and uh josh Whitten keller like they did so much like shout out to them i doubt they're listening to this but if they are like <laughs> thank you and if and if like they like I've never been strawstruck before. And the first nationals I went to, I saw them and I couldn't talk to them. Like that was <laughs> the level that they had for like, that I had revere for them for the game. Um, and I also want to shout out on the bubble too, on the bubble, uh, Kenny wisdom, who all, who also now works for uh, TPCI has made incredible content with them. Jeremy Jallen did some work with them as well. Mm-hmm. Like you hear these names and it's a lot of the names that have been associated with like modern content, like Jay Witz and Puka were on some of the major, Pokemon streams when they started. Puka returned recently for one. Uh, I remember. I think it was one of the IC. Was it one of the ICs? Puka just did. Something. He was. He was at Worlds. Right? Was Worlds. He was at Worlds. Yeah. It was the Worlds. Yeah. It was the Worlds. And like 
now there's like a whole new rotation of people, which is awesome, that have come in from like the content creator space to like do streaming. Uh, and especially for like Pokemon Go too, where like they were a whole, that's a whole new thing, but they immediately had people casting ready to go for that game. And I'm sure that as soon as VGC starts uh, after the new year, that like that's going to be something that's streamed too. Um, but like if you, there were a lot of regionals and a lot of history for the game that weren't streamed just because of like manpower for streaming resources and like the amount of effort that it takes to do something at a uh, grassroots level. Like I'm not going to go into all of it, but like you want to pay commentators, you need to pay for venue Wi-Fi, which is no joke. <laughs> you need to work with the tournament organizers, which is not an inconvenience to either you or them, like it, or which is an inconvenience to both parties. Like they have to give someone for you to put on stream you have to be working with them about like getting people from tables. Mm -hmm. uh, like it's not, it's not nothing. Like it's, a, it is something that like Pokemon does really seamlessly now, but it's just like, that wasn't always a gear. And like, you had to be like constantly talking with tournament organizers. who were already doing tons of things to get free, like to get their tournament going, let alone this side project hustle that you're just trying to go for the sake of content, like tournament organizers. And this is just like, this is all TCGs now, Pokemon Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! Their return on investment from stream is incredibly little because they want you to come to the venue. Like, they want you to come to the tournament. You're going to come to your tournament. You're going to spend money on your registration. You're going to, like, spend money at the vendors there. Like, it's not like a, like, Smash Bros. stream, just for example, where they are having, like, donations for the tournament fund and also a merch store. Like, that's not something that you see for... Pokemon at any point and you never will mm -hmm. but it's like the they're they the Pokemon tournament like the people who were doing content their motivation was and frankly still is because it kind of has to be like to share that with the game because it's not a revenue stream and even Twitch streamers like even the best of them there's just not as large of a viewing like party to like merit that being like this massive income source. Mm -hmm. So I think for a long time, the Pokemon company didn't have a large interest in streaming events because there's not like a financial backing, which isn't an insult to Pokemon. Like, it's just like, if you're a businessman, you just got to sit and think like streams, you have to hire at the, at the level that Pokemon does it. You have to hire tons of people mm -hmm. to like, not just be the faces on the, screen, but you have lighting technicians, audio technicians, you have someone running the stream to go back from interface to interface. And then you're taking judges away from the floor to watch the stage matches. You're doing in between rounds, interviews, and all of that stuff is awesome. But before you know it, you've got a minimum 20 person job just to get the show on the road. And a lot of those people are contracted. Like it's not like Pokemon just flies 20 people out there. So then you're working with other organizations who have to pay their employees and you have to be really careful about working them with overtime and whatnot. Yeah. There's a ton of work. Like the stream that you see, like do not take it for granted because there is tons like way. The stream that I did was one of the hardest things that I've done between like people management of like, like content. And I've done like full on theater productions. Like mm -hmm. it's, just trying to get like all those details working. It's a blessing that like that happens, but I guess to bring it all back to like Puka and Jaywitz and like the people, the, I like the older guard of the video space. We have what we have because of like where they once stood, like them streaming cities and those tournaments 
were the way that we were able to see like new decks play out and like move the history of the game forward. Like Bad Deck Monday, even as much as that was a joke, was just like a way that like people could see new stuff. Like that was something that I like remember watching just as like, or uh, the deckless wizard things. Like even though it's all silly, because there wasn't a content creator space, like when something entered it, like there were tons of people who were looking for that kind of video content. So like, it was just like a, a revolution of like, I like, I'm thinking about like the modern YouTube space, like Tricky Jam, Celios, uh, all like the podcasters who put their stuff in videos. I know that I'm missing some and I'm so sorry. Team Fish Knuckles, as I said, like he still does some stuff. Like the, the content creators that we have that are doing a wonderful job now, we got a lot of what we did from like them, like showing us like, okay, hey, content can work for this game. And like, people do want to watch it. One thing real quick too, on the, it's to actually take a step back, but I guess you mentioned the idea of the stream production taking a ton of people just because we're going to come out a few days after Arlington. We already talked about Twitter and its big influence on the scene. Be sure to follow both of us on Twitter in the description box below, but you have labor laws and unions oh, yeah. that you have to oh, work with. Yeah. And so people are going to complain on Twitter that the rounds didn't start soon enough. Why did we not get a stream till round four or round what, 12 on day two or whatever that math ends up being? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, because of union laws, labor laws, you know, you have uh, overtime, stuff like that. Now, could Pokemon shell out the extra money to do that? Uh, probably. But then that's that cost benefit analysis. And the fact is they're a business. You listened to the episode last week with Grant and Alex. They talked a lot about how Pokemon's a business. You can't forget that as much as we want to forget that. Right. (laughs) We're like, well, just put extra money into us. At a certain point, they make zero money off Twitch. Their Twitch is not monetized. They don't have any ads on there. They have some deal with Twitch to not run ads. Right. Which cool. There's no sponsors because they're Pokemon, right? It is purely you're watching a giant commercial. So that's just all these extra little important things that you have to keep in mind. Xander already mentioned them, of course. Yeah, I didn't even go into the union like song and dance. Like that's a whole other thing to get into the labor laws and whatnot. But like the I promise before you post something salty on Twitter, they've (laughs) thought about it. Like you're like they know that they are not streaming every round. You are not like <laughs> you're not surprising anyone when it's like they know they're not starting until round four, but they have like reasons for all of that that they've addressed. Like uh, this isn't an insult to your intelligence or theirs, but like the the stream starting at round four as soon as I like figured out all the labor law nonsense is not like a like be at least glad we have that. Like <laughs> that there's not enough like grateful like this to content because like we have now an abundance of content from having like no content, like being able to have regional streamed at all was like one of the most revolutionary things, like, and being able to like have Twitch platforms to like go back and watch it and like both have the history of the game, but also like just the production level that keeps people wanting to watch it. Like that's just like incredible that like we're at this point. They're, they are knowledgeable of the flaws that they have to overcome and like figure out stuff for. And that's not like, it's not, excuse me, sorry, it's not news to them. <laughs> so you did a good job there of kind of mentioning the, the like idea of that, you know, we're getting 
how we started into the now of like, how did we get here? And we've obviously talked a lot about like, this is how the article sites got to where they're at, where we have this thing of, you know, Pokey Beach is the number one. And you have the couple other ones that are hanging out around there. Like I said, I'm a plug Shemansky Substack because A, I think Substacks could potentially be the future of content in this way of like, okay, top player is going to do their own thing. You can do it. Like, I don't have an editor that I have to worry about, you know, say, Hey, get me this article. I'm going to write about what I want. You know, be your own boss is super cool. Right. And then it's yeah. the, the, you get paid for what you do. So like, that's super cool. Talked about the video idea of the streams being the big one, right. Of like, why did Pokemon content evolve the way it did of, well, there used to be nothing. Now there is things. And now we have Pokemon running it. But I think, one thing we've touched on that is the most important of why Pokemon content can be run the way it is, and that is Limitless. The differentiator yeah. between Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon is Pokemon has Limitless, and Limitless is... I am slightly ignorant on the other two games, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say better than anything that those other two games have, like for free, quickly updated, etc. But uh, do you want to yeah. run into the Limitless everything yeah i mean not to sound like a simp for limitless but like if you had i'm, to I'm a say, member of like, their patreon so you can yeah. you can simp i literally give them money for what they do <laughs> yeah the if you had to name one thing that i think advanced tcg the farthest forward that it could go like it's limitless and it's both limitless in like a historical sense and in like the present tense sense mm -hmm. like uh the retro format boom that has happened during the pandemic, but also like just glad that people are interested in that, is able to ex like that exists from people trying to collect history as if like Limitless was doing that. Like there's just like an astounding wonder of TCG history mm -hmm. that is a pain in the butt to go and find <laughs> because you don't just have premium decklists at your fingertips. And then speaking of premium decklists, if you are going to like uh, Orlando, I'm picking two regionals from now on purpose. Like if you're going from to Orlando and you didn't go to Arlington and you want to know what to test against for Orlando, the place to go is the Orlando regionals page. Like you can see, oh, I wasn't at this event. I have, don't have to go on any social media. I can find a Livia decklist, a Mew decklist, a Palkia decklist, whatever like nonsense comes out of the woodworks for that tournament. Like I have the means at my fingertips to be prepared for like, this is what people are doing. Like, for each deck and like in terms of proxies uh i think another thing that is like overlooked are like the late nights and like mm -hmm. how like i've never participated in those because i just like have really gotten out of like p2cgo not like for lack of trying but like those being a competitive space for people at home because of like the pandemic and like people seeing those results matter like uh the whole thing that happened with like lost box and empoleon and pass of the peak and escape rope and all that stuff and if you don't know what i'm talking about go listen to the uncommon energy episode where they talk about lost box that came out recently that would have taken three months to six months to happen in 2012 mm -hmm. whereas that meta evolution and the exchange of knowledge happened in like two weeks <laughs> before peoria with a set in between baltimore and peoria and no major tournaments People were already like, people had already determined that Double Empoleon was bad by the time that Peoria happened because of online tournaments that never would have existed years ago. Like, that's just, that's part one. Like, having a funnel for like competitive play and deck lists being exchanged 
it at like that, like just the, the constant rate that which you can get great information. And it's not even from like, it doesn't even need to be the best players in the world that you're getting that from like with some of these article websites when you're just able to see like, oh, okay, this deck won this first late night and two days later, this deck won it. And the deck that won the first one is nowhere in the top eight. Like what's the evolution? Like what's the stuff that's going on there? And then just like being able to go on Limitless and see like, okay, I'm clicking on something right now. Like, okay, I'm clicking on, why am I not in the most recent tournaments? I don't understand. I guess I don't really need to. I just want to because, okay, great. I found Toronto. I've got, currently they have all the top eight deck lists from Toronto and they don't have the rest of the stuff. But like Brisbane, which was on the same day, they've got five of the top, sorry, eight, six of the top eight and a bunch of the top 16 at your fingertips. And so like, not only do you have like not have to be worried about like you can see what's happening all over the world so fast because of the data that they have collected like um you can get all the knowledge and metagame tips that you want from articles but to like like if you watch a stream like if you i think a lot of us forget what it's like to come into the game like if you watch a stream and it's like wow this sounds really fun the most useful website you could ever find in the world isn't Poke Beach, it's limitless because that gets you all the deck lists that you want. It shows you all the names. They have like the Twitter links and stuff and the metafies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You can play in online tournaments where you're facing these people. Like there's just so much to be gained from like the proxying and all that stuff. And I know that this conversation is about content. Like why does limitless have such a great, why is there such an important part of the content space dedicated to limitless? I'll tell you, it's because they have wholly changed the way that we do modern content. Like it doesn't matter if you post a deck list anymore. It matters why you text for this, this and that, how your math has played out. Like nobody just wants your deck list. And that's not an insult to you. Like it is a good thing for the sake of the game that I can look at this Frostbot deck list that there's a very real chance we never could have seen mm-hmm. and determine like test against this deck. Is this a threat? How do I know all these counts? Like, especially without all these regionals being streamed because some of them are international. It's just that exchange of information. Like, this is the new, like, PTCG internet. Like, it's kind of the, like, I know that there's a lot, like, I, there's definitely some PTCG people who, like, have always lived with the internet. But, like, if you didn't know, like, the resources that you had, like, this is the craziest boom that we've seen in TCG knowledge ever. Just, like, that I could look up and see, oh, hey, what was that? Like, I day two to this regional four years ago. What was that deck list I played? I can rebuild it. Oh, okay. Or what was that guy playing that I lost to in day two that I, like, wasn't ready for? Um, I think another super useful feature of Limitless is, like, the average deck feature. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, perfect because, like, there's definitely some, like, you have to be able to have a head on your shoulders to understand why it matters. Uh, like, you can't just look at the Battle VIP Pass stats and see, like, oh, people are playing like 3.5 average battle VIP passes, which means that I could either play three or four. Like Almost everyone's playing four and a couple people are playing one, like the crazy person that I am. But just being able to see like, this is how many choice bands a deck is running on average. Like when it hits their discard pile, that matters. Like it's not just like a guessing game of stuff. Like I remember a lot of people at Peoria being shocked when I had the second choice band in my Palkia list because like it was pretty easy to know from seeing a lot of the online lists that they only played one. Like, I know that just sounds like a really silly example. That's a great example. It has, 
But like Limitless has massively changed the way that we even think about attending tournaments. Mm-hmm. So it has to be part of a content space because that at the at the highest level is a prerequisite for doing well. Like it's it is the best resource to go to for just like raw information. And yes, it doesn't have any like when you look at the deck list stuff, like they do have some articles on there. Like when you look at tournament results, it's not showing you how it played out in terms of the meta, but like you don't need to know how it played out in terms of the meta when you look at the Lugia Archeops International Championships that just happened and you see Lugia, 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 right? Like mm-hmm. you don't need to be a you don't need to be like Alex Krishnamansky to be able to figure out that you have to be able to beat that deck or have a plan for it. Like Yeah, it really comes down to like all the information is there and then you know the new content space well there's two content spaces there's i'm gonna play my fun decks and that is where the money is or there is the i'm gonna analyze this data and that's where the articles or certain youtube channels or etc really come into play of like and we all have access to the same data and then that new form of content or where the content really feels like it's going is let's analyze this data and then maybe figure out what to do with it. Maybe not. Cause that's hard, right? If you really figure out what to do, yeah. you're winning a regional and at a certain point me getting 800 views on a YouTube video, isn't worth leaking what would be, you know, a regional winning strategy. And so it ends up in this kind of weird space of like, let's analyze the data, but I can't spend too much time analyzing it. Cause if I'm going to spend that yeah. much time, I want to keep it to myself. And it's a little bit weird there. Right. Yeah. But the data's and- there. Yeah, and I know that we need to wrap up, so I'll kind of like finish it up with this. Yeah. The question that we started with originally was like, how is Pokemon content creation different than like Magic's and Yu-Gi-Oh's? Mm-hmm. I think it's because the best allegory for Pokemon content is actually Super Smash Brothers. It's not the other trading card games. Like this is this is me just like I'm kind of having this realization while I'm sitting here. Yeah, but like Magic was like always kind of thought to be like a somewhat competitive game, like not necessarily a tournament space. But, like, Pokemon coming from Watsi and then Magic being, like, their main game, like, it's, like, that was the known, like, this is going to be something that people play against each other. Mm-hmm. Like, it's competitive. It's not just, like, you open your base at Charizard. And their pro tours that they did and their Grand Prix came from them, like, almost not out of the gate, but, like, you can find Magic coverage that goes as far back as, like, 2007, 2008. And, like, Pokemon's 10 years behind on that space when they started streaming their own events. And, like, cash prizes just as a thing happened way earlier in magic than they ever did in Pokemon. Like they, the company themselves was way up more in their competitive scene than Pokemon was for a long time. And I don't know a ton about Yu-Gi-Oh! Like that's of the big three. Like that's the one that I am certainly the least knowledgeable on, but like from what I can tell about Yu-Gi-Oh! And from what I can assume from like their band list space, like Mm -hmm. it's a game that people have always taken really seriously. Like, I know that people always make jokes about like the prices of Yu-Gi-Oh and like how stuff just gets banned back and forth uh, with some amount of logic and other times not. But like, because there is at least the effort to have a ban list that is considered, it is assumed that you are going to be playing that game against an opponent. Mm-hmm. Like Pokemon, Pokemon's first ban didn't happen. And like, as you don't count like Slowking Errata until like Sableye in like late 20 or 20, 2009, 2010, one of those years. And then there wasn't another card banned until Trump card. And the only errata in between then was like Rare Candy. Mm-hmm. So like Pokemon, if you look at how they've involved themselves with a the competitive space, a lot of it had to have been from the community because like they were the ones who were doing the articles and the streaming and all that stuff. Like 
they were the ones who were turning this into something that was like more than just your like eight-year-old opening up packs with cool shiny cards. And like, obviously there's been worlds and stuff for way longer than that. Like, it's not saying that Pokemon didn't know that people wanted to play the TCG against each other. It's just like, when you look at their involvement with the game, like Pokemon is way more involved than Nintendo is. Like Smash has it real bad, if you know anything about Smash. But like the community rising up to turn it into something that like, we want to enjoy this. We want to have tournaments for it. Like the Pokemon made like the cities and states and all that stuff. But it was the players who were like creating stuff more than that. Like Mm -hmm. when you have a game that's as popular, the regional that I talked about, the whole Deckless story with Agent Origins, you're like two thirds of the way through X and Y block before Pokemon ever starts posting Deckless from like a regional level out into the world. And like before there were internationals and like tournaments that like people could go from all over the world, regionals were your closest allegory to like the Pro Tour or the Grand Prix. And so, like, they're coming, like, so far behind because they were able to see that their players cared about it. Like, it was because of, like, I know that I talked about Puka and Jaywitz already, but, mm-hmm. like, it's because people could see the effort that was going into the game from tons of content creators, like, putting effort and trying to make this work as, like, a game that then Pokemon started to evolve. Like, I think a lot of, like, I I doubt Pokemon streaming will probably ever take off because the game's not big enough. But if it did, like we're behind the times coming from like where tons of magic streamers are able to do that. I mean, when I say tons, it's not like an infinite amount, but when you compare like probably about the 50 or so, if that, that are like not in, like it's probably way less that aren't in the MPL or associated with it when that was a thing. So like the handful even that do well on Twitch in the Pokemon trading card game, Mm -hmm. it's like the... Pokemon, I don't think, decided politely that their competitive scene was, quote, worth it for a long time until they realized that that was a player base that they, like, wanted to support. And I think that a lot of people forget that, like, we're playing a children's card game. (laughs) Like, I know that it's really easy to see how many masters there are in a regional and, like, how Toronto... Did Toronto pass Peoria? Was it the largest regional? It was. It's, like, been passed, like... Okay, yep. so the largest regional was just the largest regional, and the one before that was the largest regional, and the one before that was the largest regional. Like, this game is growing. It's amazing to see this abundance of players come out of the COVID era where we were so blocked. But, like, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no. It's just, like, the game is, okay, the game is just, like, super growing. And it's, like, the regionals didn't even, like, the, the regional that Connor won, Connor Fenton, in, like, 2015 or 16 was an eight-round regional. Like, when was the last time that anyone remembers a regional that was small enough to be eight rounds? It hasn't happened. Like, it's like, the, when's the last time that a day two was small enough that you were guaranteed prizing if you played in it, let alone yeah. eight rounds? Like, yeah. And like, I remember like crying about being 6 2 1 after starting off like 6 0 1, not being guaranteed <laughs> day two. Like, this is, I was a teenager, but it was just like, that's the way that like the game like was, and the growth has been like amazing. And I, like, we didn't really talk about RK9. They're not really a content creator, but they definitely have the same place in the space as, like, Limitless when it comes to resource management mm-hmm. um, and, like, sharing between people. But I think that Pokemon, their content is different because they're recently, and I say recently, it's in, like, the past five years, just starting to think that, like, this community is something that we are, like, ready to back. I don't, I think that, like, even though, 
Magic wasn't like backing article writers. When you put financial support into the game via pro tours and success and uh, the pro point system, which is like, don't even get me started. But, like <laughs> They had ways to support players and that meant that players cared and that meant they're playing like Pokemon. When I top forward regionals, I got like a trophy, like two boxes and like $75. <laughs> and if I, if it was the year after, if I, I think I added up everything at one point, I would have made like $3,000 that year because like they, that was the year they decided to put it in the game. This is me being salty. Yeah. Like I would rather be money in the game than not, but it's just like, I was not like, I was, I was still very, I mean, like I've been playing for a while and I'm sure there are players that don't know, like the reason this conversation has taken so long is because in order to respect where we are now, you have to have a grasp for how, where we have come. And like the content space right now is in the best it's ever been. And a year from now, I don't want this to still be the best it's ever been. Like, I think that this game has nowhere near the amount of, like, we're not done yet. Like, the growth isn't over. And so I think that Pokemon, like, really caring about the game and, like, doing, like, a ban list even. Like, having a ban list for Standard and Expanded. Like, I know Expanded is a joke a little bit right now. But, like, caring enough about the game to think about their competitive experience. Like, they are caring for their players one way for another. (laughs) And with all that said, they still have to make money. Like, it's not like they can make every decision to benefit people, you and me, going to regionals. But they are like determining and have i would say for like a long time now like that five-year period or so since they started streaming that like they care about the competitive nature of the game like the mu vmax decks the ice rider decks those stuff the trainer toolkits like those products would never have existed years ago mm-hmm. and they exist as like a, like i talk to kenny wisdom somewhat frequently like he's on the team that helps work on those products like thank goodness that we have people who are caring about a lot like not gatekeeping new people from the game uh and that that comes with like cost too like pokemon's helping bring that back but i remember the first nationals i went to if i wanted to play tdk like the plasma deck i would have been out 350 dollars because they all were 50 dollars exes mm-hmm. for their regular art and then in x and y era that was already way less where like manetrics and mega manetrics were like 20 bucks for a while shamans were expensive but like that was shaman that card was busted but like now, if you wanted, like, Arceus and Palkia were a little bit of an exception, but, like, at the beginning of that Sword and Shield era, you were not going to be out, like, 100 bucks for a deck. And that's because of, like, Pokemon knowing, like, they know a little bit of their demand. They're printing products to help. If you want to build Mew VMAX, like, I, I don't have it here, but, like, I have an extra Ice Rider. Like, you just go, you just go to your store and you, spend, and you spend $30 and you get one of these bad boys and you can play the game. Like, mm-hmm. that is... That and content is growing the game. Like, that's what's happening. It's like they're caring enough about their space now, which originally, not that they didn't, but they didn't realize that they wanted to. Like, that's where Pokemon content is, is it's in a growing space. I think that's a great summary to leave us off with. The general, yeah, yeah, that was was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, there's mic drop, there's my monologue. (laughs) Xander, if the people do want more from you, where can they find you? Uh... Twitter at Xander Bennett. Uh, just that's just my name. And uh, twitch.tv slash townmap with a zero instead of an O. I decided that I shouldn't dox myself, even though my Twitter still does. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. That's just what I did. Um, 
I mostly, if I'm doing content these days, I've been playing a ton of Marvel Snap, and it took a lot for me not to be playing Marvel Snap while we did this one. I think that game's really fun. But uh, I, uh, I've done some Pokemon, I've done some Unite. I just, I, like, I want to be a variety streamer, not like professionally, but I just like, if I'm at my computer, I'll play something. Um, and then please, like, if you have questions, tweet at me. I used to be super active on like Burbank and stuff. Uh, I'm like a group expert in Snowpoint. If you care about uh, like old formats and whatnot, Snowpoint Temple on Facebook. Uh, so that's where. And I'll probably lurk around the comments of this video whenever it goes up for like a couple, like a week or two and just see like if people have questions. But uh, boy, I do hope that we said a lot here and <laughs> answered stuff and like maybe made people think a little bit more about what effort goes into the content that like they see like it's just like movies. When you see a movie, you know that more than two, you should know that more than two to two and a half hours went into that movie. <laughs> it's like, and if you don't, I'm boy, I got a lot to tell you. <laughs> Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at mellow underscore magicarp. Uh, I will see you all in a few weeks, but be sure tweet at Xander about how you dislike all of his takes so that he can enjoy it and uh we will have another lake of rage podcast episode in your feed next week